All right, one hour to go. Mason and Ireland. We'll get Sedano and Cap in here later. We got uh, Game of Games coming up. Greg, it's your game today, right? It is my game. Okay. Um, I think Andy's going to win. Okay. Nice. Uh, hey, hey. I like I like being the underdog, man. You're the favorite. Now you got the you know you're like a number one seed in the tournament. Yeah, I got the lead. Uh, yeah, he's got the lead. So uh, there are a lot riding on today's game of games. Um, Patrick Ewing is out at Georgetown. Not surprising. No. Georgetown has been terrible. I was surprised they brought him back for this year. It's felt like that's the direction this was going. Yeah. So the uh, point. A lot of good openings. You know, all of a sudden. Um, Syracuse, uh, they gave to that Adrian Autry, but now Georgetown is well, open. Uh, who did I see? Actually, Texas Tech is open, which I mean, isn't a bad job. This is where you're really going to start seeing how much, like the new fate, like the new place college basketball is in in the NIL world. How much it appeals to the coaches who've been around a long time and right. that they're used to all the. Control. Well, Patrick Ewing was a terrible coach. I mean, he was an unbelievable player, Hall of Fame player. Uh, one of the greatest players in the history of the game and obviously the greatest player in the history of Georgetown, um, but he couldn't coach. I mean, I think they won one league game this year. I mean, uh, you can't have I mean, that. Look, man, it's a hard thing to translate. Yeah, it, you, you can't bring it in there. All right, so um, as I uh, alluded to earlier, uh, Bergman and I have reached detente. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, if for those of you who weren't listening yesterday, uh, Bergman and I get along great with one exception. We completely dis- – and, and I'm being serious. Like, we're both Raider fans. We're both yeah. UCLA fans. We get along great. We go to dinner. We to, he's a great guy. We disagree, honest disagreement, over what sports radio should be. I think sports radio should be a sports bar without the liquor. I want a lot of guests, a right. lot of calls, a lot of people. I, I want to hear a lot of voices. Greg, Greg believes that the voices need a purpose. You just shouldn't bring people on and let them run willy-nilly and you know say whatever they want. They've got to you, – you, it, Greg, it, I, I think yeah. – I don't want to order your mouth, but you, you think it has to be within a structure. Yeah, a little bit of a structure. I mean, I don't mind guests and 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 calls. It just needs to make sense of why they're coming on. All right, which which in, I think you'll be honest with me rarely does to Greg. Like when, whenever I call and say, "Hey, let's get blank on," I would rather hear what you have to say he, about he it would than go, that person. Really? I mean, they'd be like, yesterday, yesterday I said, let's get McMenamin on. He yeah. goes, really? I, I actually heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I like, I'm friends with Dave. I like yeah. Dave. He's a good guy. He sends me I birthday we, I messages. Thought, yeah, but... I thought Dave was good. All right, so Dave's one always, of the I reasons why I, I want, yeah, I, I do. I want more voices. Greg wants less voices. So the, um, the reason, one of the things I've been arguing for all week, and the reason why we're going to take calls tomorrow in, and the one mistake I made was I gave Greg complete veto power. So if if the callers suck tomorrow and the thing goes south, he can pull the plug after one segment on calls. Right. Which I fear you're actually Well, the first do. segment, the first person <laughs> yeah. says, how are you doing? That's yeah. it. It's over. It's over. We're done. Okay. Open so, Phones America, cut off. Andy, one of the reasons I said we got to we got to have calls is because you never know which direction a sure. caller is going to take you. Yeah. For example... This is Sal Licata, who's a host at WFAN, and he, a caller called in convinced that Licata is the reason the Mets folded at the end of last yes. season, and yes. it went like this. Uh, you're Russ, Russ, are you that you're stupid? You're proclaiming the Mets are going to win the NL East. Yeah, and, and, and what, you think they lost you because of something I said? You think they lost because of something I said? You, you think the they lost the because of something yeah. I said? You gave them the kiss of death. Russ, now. you idiot. You Do you? Hey, Russ, 
Fuck you, that. idiot. Do you think they lost? You're calling me an idiot. Yeah. Stop. Do you You're think? Calling me an idiot? Yeah, let's, I am. Do you hear me? No, no. You oh. called me an idiot. Yeah, you, you, you are. You are an idiot. I'm not. Shut not, your mouth, you idiot. Get lost. <laughs> I'm not dealing with this. And I'm, I'm not dealing with it. Look, do me a favor. I'll sit here and talk to myself for five hours if so I have to. I won't come back. I'll quit. You blame me, you idiot. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't take the mound. I didn't throw the ball. I didn't strike out. You're blaming me. Blame the players. Hey, I don't care who you are. If you think that any words that I said caused the Mets to lose the division, you're an absolute idiot. I'll tell it to your face. I mean, there is idiocy, and then there's that guy. All right. That's what I'm looking for, Andy. I want some guy to call, and then Mason and I will just unload on him. Okay. This is this is what is ultimately going to make or break this strategy. Open line Friday. Yeah, open line Friday. Mm-hmm. Are you actually willing to unload? Because I rarely. Of course. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I but, rarely but here's hear you why, do this. Here's what, here's what I'm concerned about. So yesterday, Greg sent me this story. Now Lakata says he's embarrassed. Mm. He says he doesn't. He wishes he wouldn't have done any of what I just played. Yeah. Here's what he said. Legitimately, I'm embarrassed by that. I tell you guys all the time, I don't like yelling at callers. I blew a gasket. When I said I don't need to take this, I'll quit. I swear that was real. That, I think, is what people liked because there's nothing better than really immediately after it. I went to the producer and said, do me a favor. Don't post that segment. Next thing I know, I wake up. I'm getting texts. The morning show talked about it for half an hour. I saw the fan account tweeted out. Uh, got several reviews. It's incredible to me that, of all things, this is what blew up. People love it. I hate it. I'm embarrassed by it. But that blows up. But that's people. See, that type of thing. We wouldn't be playing Sal Licata on our station if he didn't lose it. Right, but the problem is now there are a lot of people listening to this station that only know Sal Licata mm-hmm. because of that rant. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know who Sal Licata is. Right, you do I, now. I, that, but this is the only thing I know about him, and I imagine from Sal Licata's perspective that sucks. <laughs> like, he didn't like the idea of this is the only thing some people know about him is he blew up on a caller. Um, yeah, I. And then we had another guy yesterday that that lost it. Um, it. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. So if you've ever wanted to call the show, uh, because we haven't taken calls in like a year. Yeah. Uh, we will do that's it. That's not true. When's the last time we took like open line Friday? Something like oh, that. Oh, that's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> open line Friday has been a few years. Yeah. Um, we take so, a call here and there. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, we were earlier we were talking about the fact that like six different NFL teams don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right, this is how bad it's become. Rich Eisen. You know, Rich yeah. does his oh, TV show. He's and, awesome. He's a great guy. Um, he was doing a show a couple of days ago, and he was at the Combine. Rich was, you know, he's yeah. the lead face of the NFL Network, and yeah. so he's at the Combine. This is how bad, Andy, it's become. Now, now, I told you, there's like six teams now that don't have a quarterback. Like, if Tua is is in concussion protocol, Dolphins need a quarterback. The uh, Tampa Bay needs a quarterback because Brady retired. Um, Carolina needs a quarterback. They don't have anybody. The Jets don't have a quarterback. Technically, the Niners don't have a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. Uh, the Raiders don't have a quarterback. That's six right there, and there's a couple other teams. Um, Who knows what the Rams are doing with their quarterback? Right. Um, there are. I'm, there's a couple of other big – like, I don't know if the Texans – Green are, Bay may not have a quarterback. Yeah, so, so tons of quarterbacks. This is how bad it's become. Listen to this rumor Rich Eisen heard at the Combine. We all know two teams that were – 
quarterback needy at the end of the season, starting third stringers, and had a chance to go to the playoffs and maybe make a deep run in the playoffs, referring to the Miami Dolphins, and of course the San Francisco 49ers. I heard at the Combine, number five on this list. You heard. That Philip Rivers contacted both of them to come back late last year. Oh. Philip called them? Philip Rivers contacted both of them, is what I heard, and that's the way I heard it. Wow. To see if they would come and and didn't happen. Don't know why it didn't happen. But I heard that at the combine that Philip, once his season was over, is kind of like So the 49ers are going with Mr. Irrelevant? You guys need me? <laughs> And, all right, you know, Florida's right next door to Alabama. You Dolphins need somebody to sidearm wing it and dadgum it down the field with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I could do that for you. That one I feel like actually could have worked. I heard that. Brock Purdy was playing too well. But... At the Combine. Wow. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, is that, is that where we are now? That guys that, that, that like, are, are, is Tom Brady coming back? Well, they're, are, they're, are, is Eli Manning coming back? Yeah, Phillip Rivers I, is coming look, back? Eisen, Eisen himself reported that there is chatter, and he prefaces this by saying it's just chatter, but there is chatter that Brady could unretire and go to the Dolphins. Remember, he had actually tried to orchestrate a move to the Dolphins that right. didn't end up working uh, before his last season in Tampa. And Phillip Rivers... Tony Romo, he Tony coming Romo? back? He'd have to take a pay cut. He would have to take yeah. a pay cut. Tony, you don't leave that cushy gig. Yeah. Well, to go come back. to think of it, Brady would have to take a pay cut. But that's how ridiculous this quarterback thing has become. Well, Rivers, two words for you: nine kids. Yeah. God bless him. That's. I'm just saying. You start spending. We had that him much on money. once when he was quarterback of the Chargers, and I said, "Okay, tell me the thing when when you have nine kids." Tell me the thing that runs out the most. What do you keep having to go to the store to get? And he goes, it's easy. I could give you 10 guesses. I don't think you'd get it. Um, how old are the kids at this point? From He told us at the time between 16 and 2. Toilet paper. Nope. Milk. Nope. Get a guess, Jorge? Mm, no, I don't. He said fruit roll-ups. What? He oh, said, yeah. Kids, you know what? My yes. kids cannot get enough yeah. of fruit roll-ups. And, and, even- he, and he says, and we, my wife and I buy them in bulk, and then we get home and we'll say, she'll say to me, we're out of fruit roll-ups. He goes, I literally bought a hundred of them last week. It's, it's and if a, you have nine kids and they each eat three a day, that's 27 I roll-ups a day. Say, that is a snack that teenagers will keep eating. But I'm just saying, like, you know, Preface this, I'm sure Philip Rivers is a great father, loves his children, but all of a sudden, you start realizing when you retire, nine kids, man, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a well, lot. Well, he made a lot of money. He'll be okay. All right, coming up next, um, if you're hiring somebody for a really important job, like NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. all right, obviously, you want as much information and you want as much videotape and as much evidence that this guy's going to be successful as you can come up with whether it be game film practice film where did he play in college what did he do if that's true why in the world are people doubting bryce young and it's not just like nfl scouts it's media it's nfl players um nick saban has heard all this nick saban's the best yeah. college football coach in the history of the game And I'll let you hear what he has to say about Bryce Young coming up next. Mason in Ireland, ESPN LA. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Mason in Ireland. Andy Kamenetsky in for Mace. NFL drafts coming up. Um, a lot of people wondering whether or not Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, is too small. Andy, I would present these facts about Bryce Young. Most accurate passer in the history of Alabama. Now, Alabama plays in the SEC where 90% of the defenses he goes up against have multiple NFL players, multiple. Yeah. Yet I keep hearing this narrative that Bryce Young can't play in the NFL because he's too small and he can't take the hits. Bryce Young is the same size as Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is second only to Tom Brady in NFL yards passing. But sure. everybody that talks about the draft and talks about Bryce Young says they're worried about him. On that list is Stephen A. Smith, and Stephen A. had Nick Saban – the Alabama head coach, who has, of course, coached in the NFL, on his podcast. And he brought it up with Nick that he thinks, Stephen A. thinks, Bryce Young might be too small. Nick is not concerned about that, and here's why. Right. I, I think history is the best indicator of what the future is going to bring. And Bryce is not ideal height um, that NFL folks would like to see for that particular position, quarterback. But I think Bryce has played extremely well. He has no history of being injury-prone. Right. Because uh, the SEC, there's a lot of folks in the SEC that end up playing in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he plays against those guys every week. I, I don't think it, it, it's, it's an issue. I think you have to look at each individual player. This guy plays quarterback like a point guard in basketball. He knows where everybody is. He can extend plays. He creates throwing lanes for himself, which is important for a guy at his size. Uh, he can make all the throws. He's smart. He has a lot of the, the, the attributes from a psychological disposition standpoint that are necessary to excel at this position. All right, Andy, if this was a kid that was coming out of North Dakota State or coming out of, where'd Trey Lance go, like North Dakota right, State or something right, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say you might have a point. He's not going up against NFL competition. But this is a guy that won the played quarterback at Alabama for three years, won the Heisman, had stunning statistics. What makes you think he can't 
play in the NFL. Do you understand the hype around Bryce Young's size? Yeah. I Okay. Full disclosure, I've not seen a ton of Bryce Young, so this is not my opinion of Young. This is me understanding where the concerns could come from. Okay. There's a lot in that description of Bryce Young, right down to having won the Heisman, that you could apply to Kyler Murray. And I'm a Kyler Murray fan. I'm, a, I'm an Arizona Cardinals By the way, they're fan. exactly the same size. Right. Kyler Murray was a number one overall pick, won a Heisman, and he has regressed with the Cardinals. And some of that may have been Cliff Kingsbury. I, a lot of people thought he was in over his head with that job to begin with. So, you know, once Murray is eventually healthy again, which could take a while, we'll get an opportunity to see how much of that was potentially Murray, how much of that was potentially the play calling. But Kyler Murray is the most recent example you can give of a short quarterback who has struggled and eventually started regressing. Like, you can throw out the Drew Breeses, you can throw out the Russell Wilsons, but there aren't that many. Well, one thing that hasn't helped Bryce Young is there there aren't a lot of great NFL quarterbacks from Alabama. And the ones that are in the league now, um, Tua, there's questions about his size. You know, he yeah. may have to quit because of concussions. Yeah. So, I mean, but I think every person is different. Um, and I, Bryce Young, to me, looks like an NFL player. Um, I... I I've seen other guys. Like Doug Flutie had a great NFL career, and I mean but, but Bryce is a little bigger was, than Doug Flutie, right? But but Doug Flutie was not franchise quarterback great. Like he had a, he had a solid and uh, solid NFL career, right? But Doug Flutie was not somebody that you would look to build a franchise around if you're taking. But the, you went around Drew Brees. Well, sure, but again, he Drew Brees or Russell Wilson in his prime in Seattle, they may strike a lot of people as exception that proves the rule. You know what I and especially too, if you're talking about with Bryce Young, taking him that high, you're setting himself up to be your franchise guy. And then more importantly, you're setting yourself up in a position where you may have to pay for him. And then you have to start paying a lot of money for him right. at that size. But but the opposite point in that regard is if he's good, okay, and you've got him for four years, you don't have to pay him and you have a good no, quarterback. Look, if he's good all these questions fall to the side. You're just asking me where the concerns come right, from. That's right. where they come from. Yeah, Bergman, would you be hesitant to draft Bryce Young? Yeah, I mean, I, the height does make a difference to me. I, as much as, like he's, like Andy was saying, Russell Wilson is, he hasn't been all that great for the last few years. Uh, Kyler Murray, I don't think is really all that great in general. I think when you have a guy that's at least 6'3", 6'4", or higher, looking over a defense makes a big difference. And when you're 5'10", 5'11", you're not able to do those types of things. I think most teams when now I'll, want a prototypical quarterback. Okay, so what you say not be able to do those type of things, you realize the line at Alabama is the same size as an NFL line. Sure. It's, you're also playing against college players that are not SEC most of, college players. Sure, but not every you're one of those against, SEC. You're playing against LSU many, and Mississippi. and you know, sure. How many of those guys on those teams that you're talking about really make it to the pros? Uh, at least two or three off of every SEC team. Two or three, but not the entire team. When you have an entire full team of NFL players that are all much bigger, stronger, faster, yeah. and having to look over these dudes that are 300 pounds and 6'6", six, and six, six, I mean, and you can't see over your line, that's a problem. Yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't want him on the Raiders. I'll put it that way. I, I would love him on the Raiders. But I didn't want Tua Tungvaloa either, though. Yeah, I like Tua. I, I, <laughs> I love it, how you bailed out halfway through the last name. Tungvaloa. Oh, well, oh, 
Well, it uh, sounded like you bailed out. You're like tongue. No, I just said it no, fast. If you, ever, if you want to have some fun, have Michael pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, and see what comes out. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, Michael's I, the only person who can get away with that, though. Yeah, Bryce Young to me is a. Uh, I would take him with the first pick in the draft. I really would. I don't think he's going to go number one necessarily, but I would consider taking him. I'm that high on him. I think that the kid is. What did he have? Like 57 touchdowns and five interceptions or something. Some insane. I mean, look, he he was phenomenal in college. I mean, but just it's like Greg said, it is a different world in the pros. Like you are playing, you are facing the best of the best of the best and the biggest and the strongest and the fastest every week. Hey, Bergman. Yeah. We came on at one o'clock, right? We did. This Normal. guy is still sitting in his car. The standoff. Yeah. It's still, he's still there. And Channel 7 has been live it. for Normal. now two and a half hours watching this guy sit in the car and they're not even going to commercials. I'm telling you, Car Chase Channel. Can't lose. But if you never go to commercials, how do you make any money off of your advertising? Well, because then when the car chase is over, you can go to as many commercials as you want. Or what they should do is do what they do at soccer games and put it inside a box. This is sponsored by STP. Are you you talking live reads? (laughs) Live reads during the chase. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Bail bond commercials. (laughs) Yeah. But what, I mean, so they're just going to wait him out? What else can they do? They can't just jump in there. I mean, it's you don't also know what's going remember on. too. This is like a crowded neighborhood. Like right. if they have concerns that he has a weapon, they yeah, they evacuated people that live around there. Yeah, but you still you just well, what if he's got a bomb? He had nitrous in there before, right? You, you just you can wait him out. Like you're much better off just going the safest. Yeah, route and you possible. can go in shifts. He doesn't have anybody else backing no, him up. Nope. Um, yeah, so it's it's an ongoing standoff in Compton that has been going on for two and a half, three hours. Yeah, by the way, if you're in that area, stay, be careful and stay out if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, you ever eaten bullfrog? I've eaten frog. I've never eaten bullfrog. Your services may be required oh. in Utah. I'll explain coming up next. Game of Games in 20 minutes, ESPN LA. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Mason in Ireland, Andy Kamenetsky is in for Mace. And uh, I I don't think I've ever heard of this particular problem before, Andy, so I'm just going to throw it at you. All right, this from uh, Axios Salt Lake City. Utah wants residents to eat invasive bullfrogs. <laughs> um, the state is promoting bullfrog catching to help contain the amphibians which have run amok in utah's ponds and marshes bullfrogs are invasive in utah and are out competing other species like the endangered boreal toad ah yes bullfrogs eat three species of native frogs that are threatened or struggling to repopulate in utah um 
The, they're easiest to find during breeding season, late spring or early summer, when you can hear the males croaking in choruses, um, according to a blog post by Ja Eggett, a hunting range supervisor. Eggett recommends catching them with a bobber, which bullfrogs try to eat, attach hooks directly to the top and bottom of the bobble so the critters don't escape. Um, you might catch fish, too, so get a fishing license. But there is no season or harvest limit for bullfrogs. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> uh, it's also illegal to transport live bullfrogs, so kill them dead at the shore. Uh, be smart. Bullfrogs may carry a disease that can infect other amphibians. So take them away from waterways to clean them, i.e. skin them from the waist down, cut off the legs, and wash as needed. He's also provided a detailed recipe for breaded frog legs, which he says tastes like chicken, but slightly chewier. Now, when I lived in Louisiana, I ate frog legs. Yeah, I've had frog legs. I thought they were very good. Uh, Andy, I don't believe that the government putting out this notice will necessarily solve the problem. What say you? (laughs) No, I mean, the government cannot force you to eat bullfrogs as some type of statewide emergency. Um, That being said, I would try bullfrog. I would eat bullfrog. I'd give it a go. All right, now you'll say you'll give it a go. Now let me tell you what you just got yourself into, Mm. okay? Oh, man. Once you get the bullfrog, step one, skin the bullfrog's legs. Before you do anything else, you must remove the skin from the frog legs. I'll give you a website that gives you exact instructions. Basically, please, you cut the skin around the frog's waist, then right. pull the skin down from there, like you're pulling his pants down, <laughs> as if you were taking so off. So undignified for this. Well, frog. they say as if you were taking off the frog trousers. Oh, All right, number two, remove the legs. Once the frog has been skinned below the waist, use a sharp knife or shearing tool to cut off the feet. And then cut off the set of legs from the waist down, wash and clean the frog as necessary. Step three, marinade. Yes. Submerge the frog legs into a bowl containing buttermilk or your desired marinade. I was going to say, I I imagine buttermilk would be part of the process. I think that can help tenderize it. Um, Also allow the legs to soak in the marinade for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. Breading. Spread your breading mix on a plate or cutting board. Remove the legs from the marinade and roll them several times in the breaded yeah. mix. Step five, fry. Pour cooking oil into a pot. Heat it on a stove. You'll need enough so the legs can float. The oil do- I thought we cut the legs off. The oil just needs well, to boil. cut the boil. legs from the torso. Yeah. One, place one set of legs in at a time. Oh, that's right. A, pr- a frog has four legs. Um, last, cool and serve. You still in? Yeah. I mean, here's the only thing that- Jorge, makes- you like to cook? Are you in? Hell no. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's too much work. I totally Clean agree. I like, look, I like to cook, and this actually sounds, I mean, other than the removal of the legs, I recently made homemade uh, breaded fried calamari at home, you know, using like some pro, uh, frozen calamari squid, made that myself. This sounds actually very similar right down to having to marinate it in the milk first. Before you do the breading. Uh, I do this. I'm with Jorge. Way too much work. Bergman, in or out on the frog legs? Yeah, I'll eat the frog legs. Will I you, like frog will you prepare? Like will you prepare them? I will not prepare them with uh, fried, but I will do them any other way. DoorDash. 
Yes, uh, it would be DoorDash. <laughs> actually, Grubhub, but you know. Um, yeah, I, I am, I'm out. Too much work. I don't mind eating frog legs, but I, I'm not catching them. I'm not cleaning them. I'm not skinning them. I'm not dropping their trousers. I'm not doing anything that would require me to do any manual labor on when preparing the frog legs. The, the dropping of the fro- the trousers does make this feel a little too familiar, a little creepy. I don't even want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what do you mean too familiar? Did you, oh, what, did you run around dropping frog trousers no, when you no, were a I'm kid? No, I'm saying like it feels very you know buy this frog a drink first or something. <laughs> All right, um, well, let me get this in before we go to game of games. Uh, you can have Bergman sent me this. You can have the world's first flying bicycle. Yeah, I saw this for five hundred thousand. Dollars. Now, these look like... Are you a Star Wars guy? Yeah. These look like the things Darth Vader and the evil empire used to fly around on. Uh, on the Ewok planet. Right. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Did you look at it? Yes. Uh, Greg, did you look at it? Yes, I looked at it. He sent it to us. I I exactly. <laughs> I think... Okay, I'll describe a little bit. 12 foot long luxury air cruiser inspired by the Star Wars universe was developed by the aircraft company Airwinds. It's 660 pounds, a finalist in the 2023 Edison Awards, is designed to draw power from two large central rotors running on a 228-horsepower gas-fueled Kawasaki motor. Uh, additional oomph comes from an electrical battery that pours or powers four fans on the vehicle's outer edges that provide stability. The bike can reportedly hit speeds ranging to 62 miles an hour. I'm thinking I'm letting you try this before I try it. If price was no object, I would 100% buy this thing. It looks awesome. Jorge, in or out on the flying bike. I rode a Harley. I'm down to ride this one, too. Yes. Now, how can we legislate a flying bike? For example, if everybody got on a flying bike today, wouldn't they just start running into each other? Don't we need some type of traffic laws? You have flying cops. I mean, you know... This is how civilizations grow, John. You know, by the way, when we were kids, Andy, we had like the Jetsons was a cartoon yeah. and like Marty McFly had a flying skateboard. Where's my jetpack? Okay. The, I, I mean, seriously, we, were we supposed to be flying around on flying bicycles and jetpacks and, and a whole... Wasn't there a guy in a jetpack at like Super Bowl 10? We're at Super Bowl 50 now. Come on. Okay. It's funny you say that. Um, the original Blade Runner, you know, the not yeah. the 2049, but the original one is actually set in 2019, Los Angeles. So we are nearly four years, depending on the exact date of 2019, that we got that dystopian vision of the future in Blade Runner with the flying cars, with Los Angeles just constantly raining because the ozone was done in. Like, we are past Blade Run at this point, so I agree. We are owed these flying cars. Uh, yeah, and I, I would like the opportunity to try one of these things within the next year. I don't want to wait another 20 years for my flying bike, all right? I think it's that thing looks cool. Um, yeah, I and for 500 grand, it's a little pricey, but if somebody else wants to give me a free ride, I'll take Maybe it. Maybe we can go in on one together. Uh, you, you 250 for you, 250 for me. I was, well, thinking, more, I was thinking more 450 for you, 50 for me. All right, well, <laughs> make, uh, uh, Mason is uh, lo- it's loaded. Let's have him pay for it. Perfect. Um, the um, the game of games is next. Um, Jorge has a lead now. You, you went on a 
on a run two years ago where you won like, like three months in a row. Yeah, you won like three months in a row. Would this be your first monthly win if you keep rolling? In in did you win a month last year? I did. I did. I did win a. Win. You won, won December. Okay, so you won one month last year. Jorge has the lead. Uh, I only have one. Bergman, do you only have one? I only have one. Okay, so uh, there is there's a lot at stake. Uh, and uh, it's my game, so I can't win. Yeah, uh, I, but I I know the answers. You know what it is for me, Andy. It's must win. It is must win. Uh, <laughs> it's a must win yeah, game. Yeah, it is a must win for me today. Glad you've recognized this. Uh, and it it will be next. Is anybody have the afternoon show playing? Cappy. All right, so Kaplan's going to play. It'll be Andy, Cappy, Jorge, and me. It's Bergman's game, and we're doing it next. ESPN LA. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, no mace this week, but uh, Andy Kamenetsky's filling in. Uh, Jorge Briones is going to play, and Scott... Kaplan is going to play from uh, a galaxy long ago and far, far away. Hi, Cap. How are you? What's going on today, everybody? We ready to go? And we are ready to go. Jeez. This game will uh, will be Bergman's game. Uh, four players. Greg, what do we got? All right, so I think this is going to be a really good game for you, John. You're going to know so much about it. So today in 1997, Biggie Smalls was shot and killed tragically in Los Angeles while yeah. stopped at a stoplight. So Wait, I, big, big, that was in L.A.? That wasn't in Vegas? Or Tupac, Tupac was in Vegas. Tupac was in Vegas. Got it. Got it. Oh, okay. Sedano's here. I think he's going to play, Biggie too. Biggie was a... Uh, Sedano. Sedano. It was a miracle mile. So like I don't know if you heard that, Sedano, but... Robertson. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Sedano's we'll uh, in. He just walked in. Okay, so... Uh, Vamp till he can sit down and he can play the game. Too. Okay, so explain... <laughs> is uh Yeah, I know. There's like My whole life's in there. Sedano just picked up my backpack, which literally, I'm not kidding, weighs 50 pounds. Um... Uh, Greg, wow, what is it? How, so it's it's going to be multiple choice. It's going to be multiple choice. I'm going to go around in a circle, and it is notorious trivia. So it's notorious B.I.G. trivia okay. for you today. Do you hear, oh, Sedano? Junior Mafia. What <laughs> up? Yeah. All right. So we just hold did on, it. Hold uh, on. Let me put my headphones on. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Go, yeah, just yeah. go, and he'll yeah. he, he right, catch so, up. Remember, uh, so uh. what was Biggie's – some of you guys are going to know a lot of these, but what was Biggie's real first name? Was it A, Charles, B, Christopher, or C, Calvin? John. Uh, Charles, Christopher, or Calvin. Uh, I'm going to go Christopher. Okay. And Jorge. Christopher. Andy. Christopher. Cappy. Christopher. Sedano. Christopher. That is right. It is Christopher. Christopher all right. Wallace. All right. That's we right. are all on the board. All right. So Biggie was a straight A student at George Westinghouse Career and Technical Education High School in Brooklyn. Other famous rappers did attend there. Which of these did not attend there? Was it A, Jay-Z, B, Most Deaf, or C, DMX? And we'll start with Jorge. Jay-Z. Okay. Andy. Repeat them one more time, please. Jay-Z, Most Def, Masta. DMX. Ma, is it Masta? I believe so. I DMX. It was most. Okay. Red in Spanish, Mos. <laughs> <laughs> Cappy. What did Andy say? I said he, DMX. He said DMX. All right, then I'm going Most. Okay. Uh, <laughs> most Def. I think it's Most Def. I, uh, and mo John. What, I, I, I think Most Def went to like a, a prestigious private school, so I'll go Most Def too. 
Okay, it was most deaf, so oh. John Cappy and Sedano got that. Uh, Busta Rhymes also did go there. So Jay-Z, yeah. Busta Rhymes, and DMX all went to that same high school. Yeah, DMX, hardcore New York guy, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so number three, and we'll start with Andy. What was Biggie's earliest stage name? Was it MCC West, Big Stunna, or MC Nasty Boy? The first one. MCC West? Yeah. Okay, uh, Cappy. Nasty Boy. Nasty Boy, Sedano. Say them again. MCC West, Big Stunner, MC Nasty Boy. Big Stunner. Uh, John. I'm with Sedano, Big Stunner. And Jorge. Yeah, Big Stunner. It was MCC West. Yeah, it was in the school. Yep. 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 Okay. I was either one of the uh, That was the Anybody, that was, anybody, was anybody but Andy get that? Andy was the only one to okay. get that one. Yeah. All right, so everybody's got two except for Jorge. Yeah. Yep, and Jorge has one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number four. There's seven of these in a tiebreaker. Okay. So number four. Biggie was famously found cheating by his wife Faith Evans <laughs> with which other female rapper? Was it A. Missy Elliott, B. DeBrat, or C. Lil Kim? And we're starting with Cappy. Lil Kim. Uh, Sedano. Lil Kim. John. Well, I was gonna go DeBrat, but I think Sedano and Cap will know this, so I'll go Lil Kim. Uh, Jorge. Lil Kim. And Andy. It's absolutely Lil' Kim. It was 100% Lil' Kim. Well, so. Yeah. He yeah. yeah. turned bad. <laughs> it, did not, it did not go well. No. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> no. It's not really a laughing matter. All right. No, everybody, all. Everybody's got three except for Jorge. He has two. Uh, number five. Biggie's parents were actually from which country? Was they Were they from Jamaica, the Bahamas, Trinidad, or Trinidad and Tobago? And we'll start with Shidano. Jamaica. Uh, John. Jamaica. Uh, Jorge. Jamaica. Andy. Jamaica. Cappy. Trinidad and Tobago. So Cappy is no longer in the lead. Everybody else got that one. Okay. So four for everybody. Cappy and Jorge have three. Okay. Lame. So how old was <laughs> <laughs> How old was Biggie when he died? Was he 22, 24, or 27, John? 27. Uh, Jorge. 24. Andy. 27 is always the death age, so I'm going to go 27. Cappy. What'd you say, Jorge? 24. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to say the same thing. 24. Let's get back in this thing, Jorge. And shit, I don't know. 24. 24 is the right answer. Oh. And Sedano now has the lead, but it's Ooh. five to four to four to four to four. All right, so yeah. it's close. Is this the last this one? This is the last one and then the yeah. tiebreaker. Yeah. All right. So all Sedano right. has to go first. Yes, Sedano has to go first. So Biggie had two number one hits all time that hit the Billboard Hot 100 list, not the U.S. rap charts for clarification. Hypnotize was one. Which was the other? Was it A, Mo Money, Mo Problems, B, Been Around the World, or C, Big Papa? Sedano? Mo Money, Mo Problems. Uh, John? Big Papa. Jorge? Big Papa. Andy? Mo Money, Mo Problems. And Cappy? Mo Money, Mo Problems. It is Mo Money, Mo Problems, Sedano. but Sedano gets the win. Gets the win. Do you want the tiebreaker? Yeah, yeah, sure. Fun? So right, that's now bit, three huh? wins for me. That is not. You're tied with Jorge yeah. for the so lead. Jorge and Sedano. Yeah. Jorge and Jorge. Yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> so, how many copies of his albums? How many copies of his albums has he sold all time, including after his death? Ooh, even including posthumously. Yeah, even including posthumously. How many? <sighs> am I allowed to ask how many albums he had? Twenty-one. He had Twenty-one. Albums. Really? Okay. Yep. Twenty-one albums. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to... He, he also had two that came out post-homages. Right, he had posthumously. Posthumously, that's what He had 19, <laughs> 19 in that short of a period? Yeah. I know, that's crazy. Okay. That's so, what it said on uh, Google. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll go first. I, okay. I, I'll say 20 million. Okay. Uh, Jorge? I'll say 30 million. Andy? Uh, 35. If he had 19 Cappy? albums? 21. 21? 
I'm going to say $50 million. And shit on him. $51 million. Damn it. Uh, the closest is Jorge. It's yeah. $28 million. Oh. Two? I wasn't that far. Which is, which he, does not have nine, he does not have 21 albums. That's what it said on here. It, Google is never wrong, as you I know. I just went by Google. <laughs> According to, Wik- Google it. according to Wikipedia, he has two studio albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe 21. Two, nice oh, work, no, no, 21 million, including 21 million albums. How many? 21, 28 million copies. So 28 yeah, million. Yeah, that's not our bad. That's a little different than 19. Yeah, I read it wrong, okay? Greg the rest read the, of the internet smart. wrong. That's basically what happened. <laughs> I just want to put this in perspective. Chad GPT did you wrong, he died at 24, that would mean he basically had to start releasing. Like an I read it wrong. From like age two on. I read it wrong. Well, I work for Hall and Oates. Didn't they put an album out every two months for a couple of years? Yeah, look, you could do it. <laughs> uh, that, well, that was a good game, but if I may, I mean, just one small piece of constructive criticism. Yes, I love constructive criticism. I mean, <laughs> I needed like five or six more questions to that game. I, You know what? It was, to be honest with you, I, did, I could have done more. I'd stop at seven normally. Um, you want me to do more? I can find more. And have no, it. no, no, a really no, good game. Bit. Yeah, d- just and get in the habit of getting closer to 10, and then we'll be good. Great. Um, Sounds wonderful. Okay, so tomorrow is Michael's game. Or 21. Uh, yeah, or 21 hours. <laughs> I think I should have to do 21 after that for the next time. Um, so, uh, so now I don't cap, since you're both here, and, and we're a little early to go to Super Crosstalk, I'm, I, and I love playing sound for you guys. George, I want you to tell me if you've ever heard somebody light up the officials like Fred Van Fleet did right here. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was f-ing terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple other, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just f- the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bull tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. And, um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed. Um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Now, normally, George, I would say $25,000 fine, but I think he just bought himself 50. What do you think? So he, before I get to that, Brionis wanted to know what I was going to say uh, before we switch to that. And I was basically going to say, Greg is so over all your bleep and your f- constructive criticisms or feedbacks based on his reaction <laughs> to that. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Um, secondly, what I would say is this. I, I agree it's going to be a high fine. Um, but I would ask Fred this. And I know it's hard. Now, I like Ben Taylor. Um, my interactions with him are just as like when you were doing yeah, sidelines. Yeah, always introduce yourself to the yeah, refs. Very, They're always very, very cordial. Cur- and cordial, cursory, right? Like, yeah. you know, he seems like a good dude. Um, but, you know, when you get in a game, people's demeanor change. However, I would ask Fred Van Vliet if you've gotten, and he has gotten three texts from Ben Taylor this year. Right. Uh, four uh, on one of Ben Taylor's crews, okay? okay? So I would ask him, now, clearly you get annoyed by his calls, Fred. But if you believe it's personal, have you also escalated it to the point where you make it personal? And then that ends up being just the dance you two do together. Well, if he didn't before, he did right there, Andy, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is... 
He just made it personal. We were talking if it about- wasn't before. Well, now Chris it is. Paul did it to Scott Foster for years. Well, yeah. I, to put so, this in perspective, it's not the first time it's happened. To put this in perspective, George, I had never heard of Ben Taylor oh, until now. Yeah. Um, I didn't know who he was. Yeah, and and Shaq used to do it to Bob Delaney. I'm sure you remember back yeah. in those days, John. Yeah. You know? So like, this is not new. Like, guys, uh, Tim Hardaway once called uh, Dick Bavetta after losing a series to the Knicks, Nick Bavetta on purpose. Right. You know, like this is not new oh, to the NBA. I mean, Joey Cro- Joey Crawford. Oh my God, Tim Duncan. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's the worst of them all. He, he teed up Tim Duncan for, for laughing. Laughing. I yeah. Was yeah. Say. Cap, I'm not so sure it's a smart play to call a ref out by name. What do you yeah. think? Well, I mean, listen, I, I'm sitting here thinking this to myself. George, you'll appreciate this. So if I made $21 million a year like Fred Van Fleet does, because I think he signed like a four-year, $85 million contract, or Bergie, that's what Google said. Uh, <laughs> how many, oh, how many albums does Van Fleet have? I think he's got 21. Four. 21. Uh, well, finish your thought, Cap, and then we'll get to the breaking news. Would I really spend $50,000 on a post-game tirade? Yeah, probably not the best use of your money. What's the uh, breaking news, Bergman? According to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN sources, son's Kevin Durant left ankle expected to miss two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. There you go. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, which at takes least it, him out of our game on the twenty third. I know it stinks because I have that game. Yeah. Oh, no, good. It's good. <laughs> well, maybe not. Today's the ninth, so two weeks would be the twenty third. Right. So maybe. He, yeah. But I, I mean, bad it. for you, George, but good for the Lakers. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because. I'm not sure. Oh, actually, before you go, <laughs> yeah. the Circle of Trust has a question for you. Okay. The Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust, I saw this earlier. Hold on. I want to make sure I find this. Here it is. I Hold on. I don't get Ireland's logic. According to him, the Lakers beat Denver in the regular season. That makes the Lakers favorites against them in the playoffs. Did you say that? No, I said that Denver. I think the Lakers could give Denver a real series. Okay. I'm, then he adds, the Kings beat the Lakers in regular season, but still chooses the Lakers in the playoffs in a series. Shouldn't the Kings be faves according to his logic? Well, here's why I don't like the Kings in the playoffs. Right. They've never been there. Right. They've, they have the longest playoff drought of any team in the NBA. They haven't played a playoff game since 2006. So I think if the Lakers met the Kings in a playoff series, even if the Kings had home court, which they would, I would take the Lakers. Oh, I would take the Lakers mostly because I, I just don't think the the Kings play zero defense. Like that's I would that's take the Lakers the to me. In I know you like Denver. I would take the Lakers ahead of every teams except Phoenix and the Clippers. Now wait, wait a second. Are, are you Durant? saying? Are you saying yeah, that yeah. that if you've got LeBron and AD both healthy? Yeah, I am. and D'Angelo Russell. I suppose. But do yeah. we know what LeBron's going to be? Is my question. Yeah, if we don't have LeBron, I don't think. No, I but would. even if you don't, even if he's back, like what what kind of state is right. he going to be in? Yeah, it's a good way. Well, you know, let's kick that around. And I want to ask you about something else in regards to that. Hit the uh, super stager. Super grass talk. By the way, can I give Greg credit? Greg no. doesn't get credit on this show very often. I was going to say, maybe basically never. Great job pronouncing Woj's name correctly. Thank Major you. Major Warjanowski, Warjanowski is how you say it. Yes. When I used to work over at Fox, they made it very clear it's Warjanowski. Yeah, Warjanowski. He actually said it to us when he came um, to ESPN. I was still working with Keyshawn and LZ back then in the morning. And and he, Keyshawn asked, how do I say your name right? And then he said it. And uh, so, uh, yeah. so get, A lot of Thank people you. say Wojnarowski or whatever, but you got it right, Greg. Good job, Thank Greg. you. I appreciate that, Horts Sedano. Jorge Sedano. You screwed the dismount up, Greg. I just give you some credit. I know. A little constructive criticism and then a little bit of love. You see, that's the way you do it. Like parenting right there. Very nice job. Yeah, so I'm the good parent, you're the bad parent? I guess. I mean, I thought that the constructive criticism is better than just outright criticism. 
No, you know? it was good. It was good constructive criticism, Kathy. I just wanted more, Greg. That's yeah, it. he just basically, in the nicest way possible, told you to go to hell. No, no the no, nicest no, way possible. He's saying he I enjoyed just, my game. Loved the game. Wanted more of it. Yeah. All right, go wanted ahead, more questions. Sorry. Um, so I don't know. I hate when anybody gets hurt. Yeah, sure. And I'm getting a lot of stuff on Wait, my- are there people on the other side of that? Like, I want- No, there actually yeah. might be, actually. Ma- Steve Mason. No way! This is what Mason- I can understand, like, a crazy person no, on no, no, Twitter, no. but his- This is what Steve Mason would say. He wants the easiest road to success that he can have. So he basically wants the G League teams to play. He doesn't root, <laughs> he doesn't root for anybody to get hurt. That's not what that's not what he's saying. But if they do, he can't control it. Yeah. So if Kevin Durant goes down and Luka Doncic goes down and Brandon Ingram goes down all on the same night, which was the case last night, he'll take that as a tremendous stroke of luck. I'm having trouble getting there. I don't oh my know. God. That's exactly right. Wait a minute. You you're there, Cap. You hundred percent. You're basically okay with injuries. I'm see. I'm no. disappointed that I want. I I've got I got a game. See everybody at full strength. Yeah, I got no. a yeah. game in New Orleans on Tuesday. And I now may have no Zion and, and no, no Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Right. And CJ McCollum already playing banged up. And like you just mentioned, George, the Suns have one more game against the Lakers this year. It's on the 23rd at Crypto.com Arena. I was really looking forward to seeing the Suns with Durant. Yeah. Now, if Mason were here, what he would say is, good. Yeah. They're not there. Gives us a better chance to win. That's we, right. Every game is a must win. I'll take it. That's yeah. right. I'm Cap, with you're there. So you're, yeah, you're celebrating mine. other teams' injuries? I, I don't know if I'd call it celebrating. Here's what I'm saying, though. So when we look at the schedule and we talk about what it's going to take for the Lakers to get into the playoffs, forget about the play-in. I'm talking about getting up into the top six. You know, they do have some really tough games ahead, and you would look at Phoenix with Kevin Durant and you would say that's one of the tougher games. They might have a really hard time winning that game. But without Durant, I would ask you guys this question. Do the Lakers have a better chance of beating the Suns if Kevin Durant is not playing? Sure, of course. Well, then that's good for the Lakers. Yeah, but I hate I hate seeing anybody Look, get hurt man. anywhere. Yeah, you didn't this. wish him to get hurt. I, I, I'm not celebrating I, I him never, getting hurt. Yeah, I never root for injuries, but the idea that well, other teams haven't been like, well, we'll take it when LeBron's not there or AD isn't there or both of them yeah. aren't there. It's, it's just it's part of sports. I, I, I think John just wants to see what the Lakers would look like at full strength against a Suns team. There's, at full a, there's a difference between the best entertainment value, which yeah. is the game at full give me strength. The, give me every team. Right, versus Healthy. the ramifications of the win or the loss. So let me ask you this, because Stan Van Gundy and Jeff Van Gundy have pointed this out now, both on separate broadcasts, that we live in an era where there's more information um, on injuries. And, and I get being more cautious about it. But guys are now getting more are getting hurt more uh, at the same time, which is just kind of a weird dichotomy there. Like, what do you like? How do you handle that? Like, what is is there a way? And by the way, it's not just the NBA. The NFL clearly quarterbacks right. are not playing as much as they used My, to. Either. Michael Thompson has a theory on this, Cappy, that I'm I'm curious to get your opinion on. Michael says the reason all these guys are getting hurt, and like you say, George, it's not just in basketball. Basketball, it's right. in every sport. Is that these kids get identified at a young age as being, like, when you're 10 years old, that kid's an unbelievable football player. That kid's an unbelievable basketball player. That kid's an unbelievable baseball player. And then they marry themselves to that sport. They yeah. go into travel teams and, you know, uh, club teams and AAU teams and whatever it is. So they're using, this is Michael's theory, they're using the same muscles, exact same muscles, 12 months a year. Yeah. When Michael grew up, he said, I played basketball during basketball season. When the season ended, 
I put my basketball shoes in a closet. I played tennis. Or I swam. Or whatever. I right. did yep. everything but play basketball. And when basketball season came back around, I picked it back up. But I was, in essence, I was cross-training, using my other muscles, playing tennis, playing golf. I agree. Doing other stuff. Cap, d- does Michael's theory hold water? Uh, I think that the specialization of kids at young ages definitely hurts them. I mean, George, didn't you and I just have a conversation recently about uh, like pitchers and and well, you know, it started Tommy off because uh, Baxter Holmes of ESPN wrote a story and interviewed like dozens and dozens of people about AAU basketball creating um, an issue where it's why we're dealing with so many injuries. Um, and he again, he interviewed like 30, 40 people basically involved in the NBA, involved in the league office, involved doctors, uh, people on the AAU circuit, et cetera, about how they're playing so many damn games. Right. AAU all from year a, from a very small age all year long that it's the same point that you and were saying about Michael, that you're you're creating these injuries before you're getting it. Lonzo Ball w- had an injury that was supposed to only last him maybe four four to six weeks, he's missed an entire season. Like, something is wrong Zion, here. same yeah. thing. Right, yeah. Zion too. Yeah, I mean, Lonzo, he was dealing with injuries basically since the moment he entered the league. Right. And, you know, I wonder too, this is a theory of mine, I've actually asked a sports injury uh, expert about this, and he thought there was at least some validity. I think today's NBA that is so spread out where you have to cover, oh, cover so more much space. ground. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a factor in all this. Also, Paul George was on a podcast recently – and he was talking about how he thinks the lack of practice. Wait, Paul George was on one. Did this come up? Toilets. It, it was toilets it, did not come up. It was uh, before the big announcement. Okay, yeah, it was before right, Ballmer looped him in about got the toilets. Yeah. But uh, that he thinks the lack of practice actually hurts them in terms of just building up endurance, yeah. building up muscle. I agree. Like he said earlier, practice. Pat Riley's talking going, about yeah, practice. Three hours. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, so, John. Um, you know that whole thing about toilets yesterday with Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Did you happen to catch or uh, any of those toilets? Back to our conversation, are any of them Totos? I don't know. I don't. Thanks. I doubt that you would put a Toto in an arena. I mean, something to think about. Maybe in the executive suites. Right. Yeah, he probably has a Toto. Or like in the suite section. If you put a Toto in the suites, what is, what is a Toto? It's you, those fancy uh, seat warmer with the bidet a, attached seat, to it. It's a seat that. warmer that rinses, as Cappy mm. would say, your tuchus. That's right. So no, no, you I need, wouldn't say that. I would say your tuchus. Yeah. So you need limited amounts of toilet. You just need to toilet paper for drying purposes. Right. Yeah. Nothing else. Takes right. care of the business for you. Sure. No, and absolutely. there is a blow dryer, so if you don't want to use the toilet paper because you're really environmentally conscious, yeah. but I still, I still dry it off with the paper. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you guys about something else. Uh, as you know, I'm the last person on Russell Westbrook Island. You're still there? Yeah, I'm the only one. I'm like uh, on there with a volleyball named Wilson, and there are no other oh, people. Russell, on the Russell in this the case. volleyball yeah. says yeah. Brody. Yeah. Um, he did something the other day that, as the lone member of the Russell Westbrook fan club, I would have strongly discouraged him against. Yeah. What do you do? There was they were playing a game in Sacramento, and Russ made a good play, and he did his cel- his rock the baby celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next time down. Somebody beat him off the dribble, and a fan did the rock the baby celebration to Russ. Oh, no. no. And Russ had the fan thrown out. Oh, come on. Give me a break. No, he did not. That's what I I heard. That's weak. If that's all that happened. But here's here's the thing. Hey, that guy, he did the rock the baby. Get him out of here. Right. So what I would say is why call any attention to that fan? You don't even have to pretend that you saw him. You just let him do his own thing. I mean, I would never... Give a 
somebody that was give, giving me a hard time, I'd never give them the satisfaction of letting them know they got to me. I would just ignore them. But why would the referees say, okay, because you, the player, are telling us that that guy right there did something that bothered you, it's an automatic expulsion, expulsion whatever, we're kicking you out of the game. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's necessarily the game referees, but it's the people that run security. the building. Yeah, it's security. Like he they mentioned, do instant replay on that, man. Yeah, so I think that he meant, normally, if you ever affect a participant at something you're at, if one of the actors wants you removed at a play, if one of the athletes wants you removed at a game, they'll they'll move you. Now they'll at least it, take you out of your seat for a second. What if he said "rock the baby"? What if he did the "rock the baby" but actually said something really nasty? It's different because that's possible. Yeah, but most so of sensitive. Russ, right? Goodness. But it depends on what he does. He rocks the baby too. Okay, he can be rock. All you see because it's a loud arena is him rocking the baby. What if he's saying some nasty, vile bleep to you while I, he's doing okay. that? Okay, obviously there are lines you shouldn't cross, and Russ in particular has dealt with a lot of line crossing from fans. So I understand if he's sensitive to this. That being said, though, Russ is among the most antagonizing bleep-talking players in the <laughs> league. you got to have thicker skin. No, he if, don't. If you're going to be rocking the baby every time you score a layup, which is something you're supposed to be doing anyway, like you can't have this both ways, man. That is so lame. And by the way, you know how like when LeBron had those people kicked out, I think it was in Atlanta, and everybody was like, oh, Karen got kicked out of the game for talking smack to, to LeBron. There's got to be a nickname for soft players. There's got to be a Karen for soft players. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's Darren or what, but it's got to be another nickname. Right, but what if, what, again, you still haven't answered my question. What well, if, he's, what what if he's rocking the baby, but he says some vile, nasty yeah, bleep yeah, to obviously him? They're, they're, and all you're seeing is him doing the rock the baby, but you don't hear whatever was maybe was said. It would, it would be helpful if Russ would explain what right. was said. Right. Well, you're saying the what if, but George, you got to understand something. I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. And I didn't even know about it. Well, I'm watching John it on the Ireland internet. I did the thing you told Greg to do: is Google. And yeah, so, what, what, and what have you discovered? So, I'm, all, all I see is just the video of him pointing out the person, and the, you don't even see. This is after the fact. And is is he pointing him out to a stadium, an stadium arena security. worker? Yeah, not a yeah. not a, a game official. Yeah, and you don't see you you don't even see the fan until he's walking off. Like you don't you don't see what was what the exchange was. Um, so, to me, like without knowing what the exchange was, I'm not going to go out there and call anybody a baby. Don't knock uh, the baby, George. Yeah, it seems. A, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm a player, I would never let them know they got to me. Well, no, but there you also as a player should not have lines crossed. I mean, you're you're not you're not a plaything out there. You're not. Yeah, you're but not, if I'm in my seat doing this, rocking the again, baby. If, if it's just rocking the baby, then then Russ, yes, then that's that's overly sensitive. But if he's saying some nasty, vile things while he's doing that to you, right, that's. I mean, we don't know because we can't hear the audio, and we right. and to Andy's point, he hasn't said what the hell was actually said. Do you guys agree? I was I was talking earlier in the show that I think NBA officials in 2023 are too quick with technical fouls. Cap, what do you think? The referees are too quick with yeah. techs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but this gets back to the entire thing that we started with with Fred Van Fleet, you know, yep. and and how things get personal, and how referees are people, and you know, if they don't like a player or that player said something to them last time, it's no different than an umpire. You know, umpire says, hey, I, I call this guy out on strikes, and the ball was not even close to the strike zone, but it's personal. I freaking hate all refs in every game at every level because they all are they all take things way too personally. You know, 
just officiate the game. Like, you guys were mentioning all these referees' names earlier today, and, Andy, you were like, that's the first time I heard of that guy. I mean, yeah, we know some of these refs' names, but, gosh, I wish I didn't know any of their names. I wish I called them all Zebra, right? Because they all got on the uh, the black and white shirt. And, Yo, what's up, Zebra? But I don't want to know their names. I'm with Fred Van Fleet. Nobody came to see you. They came to see me. Um, all right, I'm completely going to throw a curveball here in the Bamber couple down, of minutes we have. Robert Blake just died, the guy yeah. who played Beretta. Oh, no. Um, in cold old, blood, too. Yeah, so. in cold blood. Very, beat a murder rap, a very, like, he was accused of, right. if his wife was killed. At Vitello's, right? Yeah, yes. out in Studio City, yeah. right, right across the, from Channel 2 where yeah. I used to work. What's his legacy, Andy? Is it is it the murder rap that he beat? Is it by the Beretta? way, Vitello's is still a great restaurant. Is it in cold? <laughs> is it in cold night. blood? What when when if, if you're uh, writing his obituary today, what's in the first sentence? Honestly, this is pretty easy to answer because Deadline has the article up and it has Beretta in cold blood beat real life murder rap. It's all in the first sentence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, it's hard to separate. You, you can't yeah. separate it. Okay, so that's one thing I wanted to bring up. The other thing is, have you guys been following this standoff in Compton? Yeah, I was watching no. it at home when I was no. home. It is still Where the guy was going basically on. taking uh, gas, right? He was su- he was sucking, sucking on, on a balloon, and so uh, Andy thinks he was doing whippets. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's sucking on the helium. On the, yeah. The, the actual well, not, canister. Not, not helium. No, oh, right. Nitrous. Uh, nitrous. The helium's <laughs> just funny. No, but, no, right. So right. He, nitrous, was driving, right. he was driving He was driving. He had the canister. Yeah. <laughs> they tried a pit maneuver on him like three times, just try and spin him around. He jumped two medians. He's been chasing. And he finally drove to a place where he can't. Cornered. Yeah, he can't go anywhere else. But he won't get out of the car. Right. They actually threw a gas canister in the car, and he threw it back out. Right. <laughs> um, and this started, guys, when we were in crosstalk with Travis and Sliwa, he's and it's still, there? still going. Wow. Yeah, he's still- How yeah. does this end? I mean, I don't know. How many whippets does he have? <laughs> uh, or I mean, like, I guess bathroom isn't a problem. You just go in the car. Yeah, right. Um, but I've he's going to- I mean, there's like 15 guys pointing a gun at him. Oy vey. I mean, he knows how- this is this is essentially going to end. Like, there's only, unfortunately, a couple of ways this, this. going to end, and eventually they will just wait him out. All right. Well, I, I, I'm I'm very confident it will come to an end during Sedano and Cap. So uh, we'll let you stay tuned. Could you for imagine that. if it doesn't? And we're I still. Know, right? I mean, jeez. I I watch this. By the way, I got a great question. Oh, we're we're done. Go ahead. Jamie Lee Curtis. This just popped up on my uh, yeah. on my Twitter. Wonders why artists don't have concerts during the day rather than at night. Why are there no matinee concerts? I'm not going to go see Coldplay if they start their show at 9 o'clock at night <laughs> if there's an opening act. I want to hear Coldplay at 1 p.m. Uh, well, festivals. Lee. There's festivals yeah. during the day. I, I would I would answer this way. People have jobs. What about during the weekends, though? Yeah, I mean, you could. But to me, it seems like concerts at I night like, are more fun i like day drinking now way more yes. than i like to drink at night I, you, can i tell you, you this i'm, I'm a terrible day drinker. really i'm just hammered well, by six a, o'clock no and, that's nice you have Go a difficult home. time not falling asleep with no alcohol i know and so and then i'm all messed up for the next day and no but that's actually better because you get through the actual right. hangover earlier in the day even before you go to bed i love day drinking just way some more than gatorade drinking. after and you're good yeah i'm with you on that uh all right uh that wraps up that's why I was I was doing it, and Bergman's yelling in my ear. Yeah. Coors Light. I have Coors Light in my hand. Did you think well, I was I did just not doing see it, it in your hand? And, and everybody forgets. So I everybody thought you forgot. Cross talk is presented cross-talk. by Coors Light, keeping Southern <laughs> California chill all season long. ESPN LA.